0: Well, I'm not entirely sure who requested Lily of the Valley to be sung tonight, but when I saw that Daddy was going to uh, choose to lead that song tonight, I intentionally slotted it right here, right before the hymn study, because we're going to talk about a song that I think is, in many ways, kind of the companion song to Lily of the Valley, and that would be number 445, Jesus Rose of Sharon. If you want to be turning in your songbooks, you can be looking at that song right now. We're going to sing it as a song of invitation here in just a few moments. We do not sing this song, at least an awful lot, here at Lakeside. I did check with Rick, though, to make sure that we have sung it before, so be ready to sing that in just a few minutes. But it is an old, familiar hymn, I'm sure, to uh, some of you, if not many of you. Let me just ask to those of you that have sung this song and are familiar with this song, what exactly do you think this song means, this metaphor, this idea of Jesus, the rose of Sharon. And maybe even more pressing, where do you think that expression, Jesus, rose of Sharon, where do you think that came from? Well, this may come as something of a shock uh, to some of you, but that term, rose of Sharon, it is only used once in the entire Bible and it is not in reference to Jesus. The one place you'll find that expression would be in the Old Testament, in the Song of Solomon, in chapter 2, in verse 1, where Solomon's beloved, his bride-to-be, she's speaking and she refers to herself in this way. She says, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. And just as a sidebar here, you notice there that lily of the valley, that's also the only biblical reference to that idea as well. Now, nobody is 100% sure if the author of this hymn or even if the author of Lily of the Valley, if they got the inspiration for their respective songs from this verse in Song of Solomon. But whether they did or whether they didn't, I'm just going to say emphatically tonight that that passage of Scripture in Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 1, it is not talking about Jesus. I want to be very clear about that. There have been attempts by some to say that the Song of Solomon is a its a big metaphor, that it's an allegory to try and depict Christ's love that He has for His bride. That would be the church. But I must tell you, I've read the Song of Solomon. I've studied the Song of Solomon. In fact, I preached about the Song of Solomon just a few months ago. And that kind of allegory and metaphor, that just doesn't fit with the text. In fact, if you do read the Song of Solomon as some kind of a a romance between Christ and His church, stop it. Don't do it anymore. That's just weird. It doesn't fit with the context of Scripture. This verse, I'll say again, has nothing to do with Jesus. And whenever we sing either uh, Jesus Rose of Sharon or when we sing Lily of the Valley as we just sung, we should not be thinking to ourselves, oh yeah, this is that song based on Song of Solomon 2 verse 1. No, no it's not. Song of Solomon 2 verse 1 is about Solomon's beloved, his bride-to-be. It's not about Jesus. Now, having said that, I would tell you that I do not believe that it is wrong to refer to Jesus as the Lily of the Valley Or as we're going to talk about right now, to refer to Him as the Rose of Sharon. Think about it. We have lots of descriptive terms, lots of other metaphors that we use to describe Jesus that are also not found in the Bible. Like, for example, think about that expression, the Great Physician. We talk about Jesus a lot as the Great Physician, don't we? We have a song about that and we sing it quite often. The Great Physician, guess what? That expression ain't found in the Bible. Jesus is never referred to as the great physician. Yet we do say it and we do sing it. Why? Because it is a very apt metaphor that does harmonize with some things that the Bible does say about Jesus and about His character and about what He does. And so all of that then makes me kind of wonder, what is it about this idea of the rose of Sharon, what is it that makes that an apt metaphor for Jesus? Well, you should know that even though there is only that one reference to the rose of Sharon, there are actually several references to the Sharon Valley Plain where that rose would have been commonly found. You'll find references to Sharon, or maybe your translation may uh, may have it spelt Saron, S-A-R-O-N. You'll find it in the New Testament in Acts 9. You'll find a couple of references in Chronicles. You'll find two or three places in the book of Isaiah. And in fact... If you go a little bit deeper than that, other than just looking at the biblical references to that, if you then maybe go to the back of your Bible where all those trusty maps are found, you'll actually even find the Sharon Valley Plain. And you'll notice it's right there. It's right here. Written up in the letters are kind of in the wrong direction there. But you'll find it. It's right there, right along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. It extended about 30 miles from north to south and then about 10 to 15 miles east to west. And it is one of the largest valley plains in all of the region of Palestine. It's known for having a low, low valley. And then it is bordered by high, high mountains on every side. And from all indications, the Sharon Valley was a wild and fertile plain that was the home to just a host of beautiful flowers and beautiful vegetation. In fact, in that reference I put on the screen a moment ago to Isaiah 35 and verse 2, the Bible actually talks about that. In discussing some of the blooming vegetation that could be found in the Sharon region, the Bible actually describes that valley as excellent. Or depending on your translation, it speaks about the majesty of the vegetation there, the splendor of what grew in that place. The Sharon Valley Plain, it was renowned for its majesty, for its beauty, and for its splendor. Which then brings us to that other component in this Jesus-Rose of Sharon equation, and that is, well, what about that rose? Is there a specific rose that is just commonly known as the Rose of Sharon? I think oftentimes whenever we think of a rose, we probably think of those long stems that you get by a dozen and those are the, the roses that you give to your sweetheart on Valentine's Day. But that's probably not the exact right image of the kind of rose that would have grown in the Sharon Valley Plain. And the reason for that is is because those kinds of roses just weren't common in the Palestine area. What most scholars, and there's not 100% agreement on this, but what most scholars tend to believe is that the rose of Sharon, that it is a reference to the cistus flower, or what is sometimes referred to as the rock rose, because you'll find those roses, and they come in a d- couple of different colors. You may find them growing around just a bunch of dirt and a bunch of, bunch of rocks. That cistus, it blooms in all kinds of places in and around Palestine. And aside from its beauty, and it's just a beautiful thing to behold and to look at, it is also known for some of its soothing and medicinal qualities. And all of that paints a a specific kind of picture in our mind. We imagine seeing that view there of the valley from the top of the hill. And we see all of these beautiful flowers and all of these things. And then we come to our question, well, what's all that got to do with Jesus? And why would the author of this song, Miss Ida guirey why, why would she in this song, why would she describe Jesus in this way as the Rose of Sharon? Well, I can't stand up here and tell you exactly what was going through her mind when she wrote that because she didn't tell us that before she passed from this life. But it does seem to me that the title of this song, and we look at the words of this song, I think this song is simply meant to praise the beauty and the majesty of, and the splendor and the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's really what this song is about. Of course, Jesus' earthly body, His earthly vessel, while He was here on planet Earth, His earthly body could not boast of such beauty as that. We think about Isaiah 53 in verse 2 that tells us that Jesus had no physical beauty or comeliness, as the old translations say. There was nothing about Jesus' physical appearance that would cause people to say, oh... What a good looking man that is. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful physical appearance he has. No, nothing about that about Jesus. But I believe what the Scriptures are getting at and what this song is getting at is about the inner beauty, the spiritual beauty that Jesus manifested greater than anyone else who ever lived upon this earth. In fact, just look at the song. Just notice some of the things that the songwriter highlights that are beautiful about Jesus' character. Look in verse 1. Jesus rose of Sharon bloom within my heart. Beauties of thy truth and holiness impart. The truth that Jesus embodies. The holiness that he carried. That's beautiful. That wherever I go, my life may shed abroad fragrance of the knowledge of the love Of God. Jesus, the walking embodiment of God's love. Or then what about in verse 2? That Jesus rose of Sharon, sweeter far to see than the fairest flowers on earth could ever be. Fill my life completely, adding more and more each day. Of thy grace divine and purity I pray. Beautiful attributes of Jesus' grace, that amazing grace, and His purity. Jesus was 110% pure and continues to be that way. And what this song is doing is it is celebrating the beauty and the glory of these attributes that Jesus just absolutely perfected. In fact, I do believe that that is what Peter is talking about in 2 Peter chapter 1 and in verse 16. When Peter said that we, us apostles, us disciples... We are eyewitnesses of His majesty. I believe when he talks about Jesus' majesty and what we saw with our own eyes, these are the kinds of things that he's talking about. He's talking about these wonderful spiritual qualities. Jesus' holiness, His purity, His truth, His love, all of these things. Jesus, Peter says, we saw perfection in Jesus Christ. And then maybe the personal part of this song is the part that we need to think about as we get ready to sing it and as we extend the invitation of our Lord. And that is, I believe, this song, not just by extolling the great beauties and virtues of Jesus, this song is asking, it's making a request of God. It is hoping and it is praying that those attributes that Jesus embodied and personified, that they would then bloom in us. That we would manifest those very same things. In fact, did you notice that in those first couple of verses that we just read? That is the request there. Look at verse 1 again. The the bloom within my heart, verse 1, the beauties of your truth and holiness in part, that wherever I go in my life, I would shed those things abroad. I would just manifest those same things anywhere and everywhere I go. And then, of course, the great chorus. Jesus, blessed Jesus, rose of Sharon, bloom in radiance and in love within my heart. Do you want that? Talking about Jesus' beauty and His splendor and His majesty and all these great things. Do you want that in your life? Furthermore, do you seek after those things? I'd like to think that just by your presence here tonight, that says you must be interested in those things about Jesus and you do want them in your life. The real question is, is, are you actively pursuing those things to make them a part of your life so that you are... You are a reflection of Jesus. This song calls to mind that other song we sing. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you. That's a great thought. If you are a Christian this evening, and the beauty of Jesus, His holiness, His purity, and all of these things, if those things are not evident in your life, then brother or sister, what are you going to do about that? Are going to get more serious about that starting tonight? Are there some things you need to repent of and ask God for His forgiveness about? We'll pray with you. We'll encourage you, help you to let the beauty of Jesus be manifest in your life that you can be a depiction of that rose of Sharon. If you're not a Christian this evening, boy, I tell you what, this would be a great night to get started on that road. Letting the beauty of Jesus be manifest in you as well. You can do that through obedience to the Gospel. Jesus was the most obedient person ever walked the face of this earth kept the old law perfectly. Did the will of His Father all the way until death. You willing to do the same thing? Render your obedience to God the Father. You can do that tonight by confessing your faith in Jesus as the Son of God, repenting and turning from sin, and then being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. Jesus was baptized in water, not because He had sins that need to be remitted. But don't you tonight want to follow the example of Him the perfect Son of God, the Rose of Sharon. You have the opportunity to do that right now. We're going to sing this song, Jesus' Rose of Sharon. Hope you'll be able to sing it with integrity because you're actively pursuing the beauty that Jesus characterized in His life. We can help you to serve the Lord this evening. will not you make your way down front right now while we stand and while we sing.